Thank you for that. And thank you for having me today, Dr. Anna and Stuart and John, everybody who's been in contact with me um, about being here. One of the things I would tease um, John or maybe it was Stuart, I don't know, someone was talking to me about speaking in chapel and I said, I don't do snow, so it has to be in the fall. It has to be in the fall. <laughs> The Lord paid me no mind. <laughs> oh, so bless God. I'm glad that I am here safely. I thank God for bringing me over the highways and the byways to this place today where we can come together and worship. The word that I've chosen for you today is a short word. Um, I'm keeping my Princeton training where we did chapel. We had 12 minutes to get the message across. I'll be with you a few minutes longer than that, but, but not much, but not by much. They said you can do it in 12 minutes. Stay focused. The scripture lesson comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. It's a passage that's probably familiar to most of you. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers <clears throat> so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, for God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have this treasure in jars of clay. This pericope is one that I'm sure is familiar to most, if not all, churchgoers. People who have sat under preaching have probably heard it at some time or another. And I know from my own experience that the preacher usually focuses on the last part of this phrase. Jars of clay, earthen vessels, broken, cracked, marred, full of faults and frailties. God has entrusted imperfect, flawed human beings, for he remembers how we are formed. <laughs> he knows that we are dust. And yet, we have this treasure. That has often been the focus when I've heard this preach, and probably I've preached it that way. But today I want to redirect our focus on the first part of the phrase, we have this treasure. And I want you to think about why. Why do we have this treasure? Why have we been the means of proclaiming the gospel? Why did Jesus Christ come and start this work and then commission us to continue it, to, to finish it? What is it that we are supposed to do with this treasure? If we can all agree 
today that this treasure is the good news. The revelation of Christ, of God in Christ. The work that Jesus did while he was on this earth. The new understanding of God opening a way for us to be reconciled. If we can agree that that's the treasure, then what is the aim of us having it? I invite you to meditate with me for a few moments on the thought, we have this treasure. Let us pray. Lord God, now in the moment of proclamation, we invite you to open up this word to our understanding and we are grateful, God, ever grateful that you care enough to send us a word. We stand in your truth that says, when your word goes out, it does not return unto you void, but accomplishes the purpose for which it has been sent. And so we open ourselves to you today and we invite you to do a work in us. Let me decrease now so that you would increase and the word come forth as you would have it. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. I know it's hard to separate the thought because it's hard for me to break the phrase, to focus on the we have without thinking about jars of clay, earthen vessels, because that is who we are, right? We who are faulty, we who mess up, we who mix up, we who misinterpret, we who misunderstand, we who misappropriate, we who take out of context, we who bob and weave to fit our agendas, we who wound, we who scar, we who get it wrong so many times. We are the ones who have this treasure. But why? Well, I want you to go back with me uh, about tw just about 20 years ago to a sermon given to my seminary graduating class. And we heard a sermon from Revelation chapter 12 about the woman and the dragon. You know it? Know the story? Quick recap. The scripture says, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. Ooh, the thrills and chills of revelation. <laughs> the dragon is waiting, licking his lips, thinking about devouring this child but the word says when the baby was born in the instant, in the split nanosecond, the child was snatched up to God and his throne before the dragon could even blink. And the woman fled into the wilderness, the, the word says, to a place prepared for her. So we know she is safe. Then there's an action scene and in my sanctified imagination, I always hear Rossini's uh, William Tell Overture, because the hero is coming. And we read that 
the archangel Michael and his angels are fighting with the dragon and his angels. And the dragon was not strong enough and was hurled down in defeat. Hallelujah. And a loud voice in heaven said, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah, his anointed one. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and to the sea. And we were told on that day, um, 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, to go out and be dragon slayers. I'll never forget it. We have this treasure. We have the great good news. We have the gospel message. We have the truth. We have the key, the all-surpassing knowledge that can set people free. And I submit to you that we have this treasure so that we can be dragon slayers. Michael and his angels have the heavens covered, but woe to the earth and the sea. For generations, God has called men and women to carry this treasure, to carry this truth, to carry the key, because there is an enemy roaming the earth, seeking whom he may devour. His appetite hasn't gone away because he was hurled out of heaven. Most of the people who come to seminary have a concern for the things of God. Uh, they may just want to know the word better for themselves. They may want to explore their theology and what they believe about spiritual matters. Some may want to work in the world through a theological lens, but not necessarily pursue formal ordained ministry. But there are some who want to pursue ministry, who feel called to ministry in a traditional church and want to equip themselves. Whatever your call and your purpose, I want to encourage you as I was encouraged to be dragon slayers. If you've been following the news, you know we need some dragon slayers. When you look at the unrest in the world, you know we need some dragon slayers. I pray that you see the injustice, especially injustice for, especially for people who look like me. I pray that you see the inequity in our society. I pray that you see the brokenness in our world systems. And when you see, I pray that you desire to be a part of the solution. I hope you don't say that 
that means nothing to me. That, that doesn't touch me. That's not a part of my life. I live in this little corner of New Brunswick somewhere, and we don't have those issues. They're all of our issues. They're all of our problem, especially if we are kingdom people. The other very significant part of the we is that we know Jesus. <laughs> we know Jesus. We have the benefit of the saving knowledge of Christ. It is not that we are just broken people with no power of our own. It is that we have experienced the great good news for ourselves. And considering the we, I ask you to think about how you will articulate and the awe and the wonder of your own experience with God. What was that divine encounter like? How is it that you came to be converted? How is it that you heard the call of Jesus Christ? How is it that you became a part of the kingdom of God? How did you become a soldier in the army of the Lord? How will you tell the story in such a way that others will want to find out for themselves? How will you articulate what God has done for you in Jesus Christ? How will you convey God's love and compassion and God's faithfulness? How do you explain the joy that fills you despite your circumstances or the peace that passes all understanding that keeps you in the midst of a storm? Your story is a part of the great treasure that we have. We are included in his story. Witnesses from time before until time ending. Telling not only the gospel in, in, a, in a kind of a off way, and an apart way, but telling it as being a part of it. Our own experience of Jesus Christ. We have leaders who claim Jesus as Lord but do not practice compassion or love as Jesus did. We have people who claim to love God, but have told segments of the population that they're on their own. We have no responsibility for your well-being. We have people who are leaders, who are discounting others when they claim to be children of the Most High. I'm telling you, the dragon is licking his lips, looking for his next meal. We have this treasure. The question becomes then, what will you do with it? What are you willing to give? What are you willing to sacrifice or to commit to or to dedicate yourself to? What will you resolve when you consider that you have this treasure? The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. What will you do to help them see? I'm full of more questions and answers today. How will you conduct yourself so that victory may come by the word of your testimony? Will you not shrink back from death? Will you really to sacrifice yourself 
so that somebody can see Jesus? We have this treasure so that we can use it to help somebody get free. Do not, I implore you, get a theological education, go through the courses gaining knowledge, but no wisdom. Do not seek credentials, but have no conviction. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. Do not pronosticate or pontificate without practicality and purpose. You got to get the Baptist alliteratives in there. <laughs> Treasure is precious. Treasure is valuable. Treasure is priceless. God has entrusted us. We have this treasure. We have the secret sauce in the recipe of redemption and reconciliation. We have this treasure. It is not to be wasted. It is not to be squandered. It is not to be misspent or misused. We have this treasure so that our lights might shine and people will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. We have this treasure so that our witness can call someone else to know Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. We have this treasure so that we might be salt and light in a world that is spoiling with rottenness and growing increasingly dark. Oh yes, the dragon is licking his lips skulking and waiting. We have this treasure to use our voices to proclaim and not pervert the word of God. We have this treasure to emulate the love of Christ, not seeking loopholes to avoid it. We have this treasure because God's power is made perfect in our weakness. We have this treasure to continue the work that Jesus started by making new disciples and teaching them and showing them how to walk in the way. And the care and compassion and concern of God should be evident in us as carriers of God's precious truth. We have this treasure because we have a God who loves us and trusts us to do the work that God has called us to do. We have this treasure because we have made Jesus our choice. We have this treasure so that we may preach Jesus Christ as Lord and not ourselves. We have this treasure to be submitted to God as committed servants to do God's will. We have this treasure because the, this whole earth, this world is in a whole heap of trouble. We have this treasure because we have been called to be dragon slayers. God can choose anyone. God can use anyone. Jesus said, you did not choose me, I chose you. He chose you and me. We are the ones. We have this treasure. Amen. Amen.